Well, good Wednesday noonday to you all. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I hope that wherever you are today, all my dear friends, you're having a good day. And may the Lord bless you. We continue to talk about persisting under pressure. We've talked about some uh, a lot of different topics, a lot of different struggles. It's that whole matter of life and the pressure of what we live under. It's as I've mentioned to you before, God doesn't always take it away, but God gives us the ability to sustain and endure what He permits to remain in our life. And we don't understand why He does that, do we? I don't. You don't. It's a part of the mystery of what God is doing in shaping us who are believers to be more like Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad that you were able to join me or at whatever time you're able to listen to uh, this video. And I hope it's an encouragement to you. And as I mentioned before, share it with your friends and neighbors if it's a blessing to you and it will help us as we uh, share the ministry of the Word of God of First Baptist Church with those who want to join in with us. Well, let's think about this persisting under pressure in a very, uh, a very real powerful topic. Let's talk about anger today anger. You know, the pressure of anger and the passion of anger is so real. And I guess I should ask uh, this question today. First of all, are you uh, living in anger today? You got to be honest now. Uh, perhaps the greatest struggle you're facing today, the greatest pressure in your life as a Christian is dealing with your anger. And I'm talking today about sinful anger. The Bible does talk about uh, righteous anger, sometimes called righteous indignation. Yes, uh, being uh, angry about sin, but not angry with sinners. And all of those things, uh, Paul said, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Uh, and all of those matters. But I'm, I want us to talk about uh, persisting and dealing with the matter of sinful anger when it comes in our life. You know what? Anger can express itself in many different ways. I was just thinking today about some of the uh, issues related to anger. You know, we live in a world filled with anger. If you uh, watch any news at all, if you see uh, bits and pieces of what's going on around us today, it seems there is such anger in people's lives today. They're angry just in the way they speak with one another. The, the angry looks of people, the uh, the angry texts and emails and and uh, phone calls. It's it's uh, it's an interesting time in which we live. This matter of people being angry. The passion of anger is all around us, and the news is filled with it. It seems like um, the reports about anger uh, abound on the news today. I was thinking of it in this way: homes and at the workplace, and even in the church. Uh, there, these places have become uh, uh, places where angry people live. There's nothing sadder than a home environment where anger uh, is the driving force in the home. We've been talking about on Sundays, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I should ask you this today, is, your, is the environment in your home one of love and one of forgiveness and one of patience, or is it one of anger and bitterness and uh, ridicule and attack. Well, homes and workplaces, and as I said, even the church, the saddest thing in the world uh, 
is to see uh, anger expressed in a sinful way among God's people. I think about anger and the toxic emotion that it is. It destroys our self-control. Anger eats away its self-control. It's a powerful passion. It's, it's like fire. Uh, it, uh, it's maybe like acid is better. Uh, the, uh, the acid of anger uh, destroys self-control and it releases powerful, dangerous actions. And many people today are living in the regret of past angry actions, uh, either in words you can never take back or in uh, actions that have been done to others that can never be taken back. Oh, the sadness and the pain and the regret that comes with uncontrolled anger, sinful anger. And so I, I want to say to you today, I know I know for all of us, we deal with the matter of being angry in sinful anger. I, I ask you today, are you angry with God? Maybe that's a shocking question, but uh, are you mad at God? Are you angry with God? You don't appreciate the way God's doing something or allowing something to happen in your life, and you really have anger toward God. Uh, the children of Israel had at times anger with God. Can, can God provide a table in the wilderness? They mocked God. They ridiculed God uh, to uh, Moses. And they were angry with God. Why would God bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Why would God do all these? Are you angry with God today? Are you angry with someone else? Maybe someone close to you. Uh, your anger isn't uh, open for them to see, but you've driven it down inside of you and you live with unresolved anger uh, toward another person. Maybe I should, this will surprise you, but are you angry with yourself? You know, people who uh, who can who can uh, drive themselves to deep despair sometimes do it because they're so angry with themselves. Sinful anger toward God, sinful anger toward others, and sinful anger even toward ourselves. So, what does the Bible say? How do we persist uh, under this uh, this pressure? this toxic, powerful emotion called anger. Well, I've got a place for you in Proverbs chapter 19. The book of Proverbs is what we're looking at on Sunday mornings as we talk about some things we should teach our children if we care about their souls. Uh, the book of Proverbs is, um, uh, here's the way I would say it, it's living by God's wisdom under the sun. Living by God's wisdom uh, in the world today. So Proverbs chapter 19, we have a lot of different life uh, conduct verses that are mentioned in these, uh, in these uh, passages. But I wanted to read primarily verse 11 to you and focus on it, use it as our theme today of how we'll hear God's word. So let's hear God's word from Proverbs chapter 19, verse number 11. I want to read it to you in several translations. I think it'll make it come alive for us. I always read from the New American Standard uh, Bible, a, a man's discretion or a woman's discretion makes him or her slow to anger. Let me read that again. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression. Let me read it again. 
A man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression. Let me read it in the uh, New Living Translation. That sometimes has a, maybe a different read on it. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. I'll read it again. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. And then just one other <laughs> that I found interesting is the Revised Standard called the RSV. Good sense makes a man slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. So there are several parts to this. So you have this contrast made in uh, this verse. First, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger. And then there's glory, there's honor, there's respect that comes to those who are slow to anger. Because when you're slow to anger, you overlook what someone does to you, even if it's done to you in a harmful way. So when we think about that, let's take this apart for a minute. The person who lives with discretion, I would say, first of all, is slow to become angry. Now, what is the word discretion? We use discretion all the time. We, we use discretion in what we buy at the store. We use discretion uh, in the clothes we wear. We use discretion in the relationships we have. But let me just give you, here's Webster's dictionary definition of discretion. It is living or speaking in a way that avoids causing offense. Now, if discretion is living or speaking in a way that avoids offense, anger is one of the most offensive things that can happen in someone's life. So think about this. When a man has discretion, when a woman has discretion, uh, it makes us slow to anger. You know why? Because we've learned, discretion knows that to be angry, to be quick-tempered, to throw your fit, to be hot-tempered. I have uh, three sisters who have red hair. And when we were growing up, they used to always tell our mother that you know, they, were, they were angry because they had red hair. Their hair color had nothing to do with their anger. Their anger had to do with their own temperament and their own desire. They would just fly off the handle. And red hair had nothing to do with it. So if any of you have red hair, your red hair is not making you angry. Your lack of self-control is making you angry. Sorry, I'm not trying to offend you. I love you, but that's just the truth. So when we have discretion in our life, the Word of God says we will be slow to become angry. Maybe I should ask it this way. What does it take to make you angry? What does it take? to make you angry? And how long does it take for you to become angry? Well, people are going to do things. We live in the world filled with things that will make us angry. And there are a lot of angry people around us today because they've been, they've been offended, they've been hurt, they've been, uh, something's happened to them and they carry deep offense with it and there's just anger in their life towards some that they'll never seem to resolve. But if you have discretion, my friend, if you live as a person of discretion, you avoid offenses, you will be slow to anger. And you know what I think? I think that for us as believers, this whole matter of discretion comes when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, God gives us a measure of discretion we'll never have on our own. 
And so I was reading this. Um, Paul says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. In other words, live like you were called to be saved. Live like people who've been called out of the world, called away from sin to be saved. And then he goes on and he says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Now there's what slow to anger has to do. I think that's a good definition. Slow to anger is a humility, gentleness, and patience that shows tolerance for other people in love. Love for others, even though they mistreat us, love for others produces in us a discretion, a discretion that shows humility, gentleness with patience, uh, and we tolerate other people for what they do. Well, the person who is slow to anger earns the respect of others. It is his glory to overlook a transgression. So it is an honor. It's a mark of discretion when you not only are slow to anger, listen, but you overlook what they've done to you. And someone says, you mean, Pastor Mike, I should just overlook when someone said harsh, terrible things to me, taken advantage of me, mistreated me? Yes. The Lord said, pray for those who despitefully use you, who despitefully use you. They do it with spite, but you pray for them. You pray for them. You, you overlook the offense. You also look to yourself, don't you? We've done the same thing to make people angry. Maybe sometimes I should turn it around and say, what is it that I've done to make others angry? And that helps me to know how I don't need to be doing that in the days ahead. Well, the, the last thing I would remind you of here is that the person who is slow to anger reveals God's working in his life. I believe that. So the person who lives with discretion is slow to become angry. The person of discretion is a person who is saved and filled with the Spirit. The person who is slow to anger earns the respect of others. When you're slow to anger, people respect you for that. And the person who is slow to anger reveals the work of God in his emotions. So, believing God's word, today I have something for you. I'm just going to read these quickly to you. But I have five verses on anger. There are so many places you can go in God's word to look at anger because it is such a common thing. Why did Cain kill his brother? Because he was angry toward God because God did not receive his sacrifice. And he got mad at his brother and killed him. Proverbs 14.29. I'll just give you these quickly, and I'll read them. Proverbs 14.29. He who is slow to anger has great understanding. The quick-tempered exalt folly. That's Proverbs 4.29. Proverbs 15.1. Here's one for us all. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Harsh words stir up anger. Proverbs 15.1. Proverbs 16.32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. Proverbs 16.32. Ecclesiastes 7.9. Ecclesiastes 7.9. Do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. And then probably one of the most famous of these is James 1. 19 and 20. Be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Now, here's a good one for you. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Someone says, I'm going to be mad at that person. That'll be God's way of getting at them. It never works. 
It never works. It never works. I'm about to talk about Moses tonight. Moses got angry with a with an Egyptian who was uh, hurting a, 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 a Jewish man, a Hebrew man, and he killed him. Uh, the wrath of man, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And so we must remember that in our ways. Your anger will never help God's purposes be accomplished in your life or in the life of someone else. And then finally, by the way, the, the uh, outline for this uh, talk is out on our website. If you want these verses in more detail, just go out to firstbaptistchurch.org and you find it out there. So as we live God's Word today and we finish up, let me just ask you a couple things to think about. First of all, you got to face your anger and confess it to God. If you're angry today, if you've been living, you know, I know some people uh, who've lived in anger for a long time. Now I'm talking about years of anger. And let me tell you, friend, anger held for years brings deep bitterness uh, and soul trouble to your life. You got to let it go. You got to release that anger. You got to confess it to God. It's not helping you to live in anger. It's not helping you because when you're angry with somebody, well, I'm never going to forgive them. You must remove anger from your life so that you can move on in walking with God. Face your anger. How do we, how do we persist under the pressure of anger? First, you face it and you confess it to God. And secondly, ask the Lord to help you by the Holy Spirit practice self-control. Here it is. Lord, give me discretion so that I will be slow to anger. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us self-control. It's a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Paul said it this way, Colossians 3.8, Put away anger, wrath, malice, and abusive speech as a follower of Jesus Christ. Hey, did you know these all go together? Anger, wrath, malice, and abusive speech. They always go together. Put it away. It's not what a follower of Jesus does. It's not what exemplifies our life. And... Uh, Remember, your anger does not accomplish the purposes of God. I also have to remind you of another piece of advice that the book of Proverbs gives. This may not be a uh, one you want to hear, but this is the word of God to us. Don't associate with a man or woman given to anger or a hot-tempered man or woman, or you will learn his or her ways and find a snare for yourself. When you hang out with angry people, you learn how to be an angry person. When you hang out with angry people, you get angry yourself. Let me read it again. Don't associate with a man given to anger or a hot-tempered man, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. And finally, Paul said this. This is what, this is what some of you are saying about anger. I'm mad because God won't do something about what this person's done to me. Listen to what God's Word says, Romans 12, 19. Never take your own revenge. That's what anger will say. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to get back at you. I'm going to hurt you like you've hurt me. Never take your own revenge. Leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Well, today, as we've spent our time together, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger. A woman's discretion makes her slow to anger. And it is a glory to overlook a transgression. May God give us the power by the Holy Spirit to be men and women of discretion who are slow to anger and who overlook others who 
offend us and hurt us and harm us for the glory of God so that the gospel may be advanced. Thank you for listening to me today. May the Lord bless you. If there's anything we can do for you, please call or text us or leave us an email or a, or a response on any of our uh, web platforms, and we'll be glad to talk with you. Share this if uh, if it's been a blessing to you today. I hope to see you if you can come be with us tonight, uh, at Wednesday night at First Baptist or uh, on Sunday. Heavenly Father, thank you for my friends today. Bless them, and may they have a wonderful day today in Jesus. And may God's grace and mercy be on us as we deal with our anger. May we be people of May we be people filled with the Spirit, full of discretion, and slow to anger, overlooking transgressions toward us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, great day.